Welcome everybody from around the world. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Karen. Good to speak with you. So good to speak with you. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Commentaries from the Edge. Here's what's coming up. Jeremy Aluma, I am so excited to have you and honored that you're joining our podcast. Jeremy is the executive director of the Alliance for Jewish Theater. He comes from roots in Iraq and Eastern Europe and is a freelance theater director. And we're going to be discussing Jewish theater and identity and thinking about the fact that the last couple of years in the United States of America, in particular, we've had a lot of anti-Semitic actions and uh, pronouncements and some mm-hmm. violence, and this particular episode is dedicated to understanding what it means to be Jewish, what what this what is being Jewish, and how that's reflected in Jewish theaters. So, thank you so much again, Jeremy, for being with us. Thank you, Karen. I'm excited, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's um, start out by beginning to uh, have a sense of what the Alliance for Jewish Theater is. Great, yeah. So the Alliance for Jewish Theater is a international organization that is dedicated to preserving, uplifting, and connecting theater makers who are creating Jewish work around the world. And so we, we have a number of artists and companies in, in all different areas of work in the theater, playwrights, directors, artistic directors, dramaturgs, stage managers, so on and so forth, uh, a number of which are Jews themselves, but also we have uh, quite a few non-Jewish artists who are interested in, in Jewish work, Jewish values, Jewish culture, fighting anti-Semitism, so on and so forth. And the organization has about 600 people in our orbit and 120 of which are members and members essentially pay around $120 and then they receive uh, a number of of member benefits. We do monthly webinars. We have anti-racism training sessions. We collect uh, people together in talking circles to kind of discuss strategies, ideas, solutions in the field, uh, and and many other benefits to to joining AJT. So that's a sort of quick summation of, of who we are and what we aim to do. And so what would you say for, you know, this strange and unique period that we're living through, our our year of 2020 uh, mm-hmm, here with mm-hmm. the, you know, under the cloud of a pandemic among many things. And of course, social justice issues, racism issues, economic hardship issues. 
what would you say, uh, how do you see, I guess, the role of AGT, where, where its position is in all of that? Yeah, uh, great question. I mean, it's a, it's an important position, I think, that we're in. It, we, I think, have to be one of the leaders of the cultural movements that that need to happen. Uh, it's it's tough, but you know, a necessary position. And so, and and you know, I think being a culturally specific institution that uh, makes theater puts us in a in a very specific category because as you know, identity in the world is becoming increasingly more important. I think the theater world already was <clears throat> utilizing identity politics and uh, people identifying with identity, racial identity, gender identity, especially uh, as, as a way to move this world forward. And so I think, you know, our position as Jewish theater makers uh, is, is an important one. Um, so, you know, I would say we are trying to respond to the pandemic specifically as best we can in, in, in a way we are positioned AJT specifically is positioned to help our ben our members benefit even more now because theaters are no longer producing theater. And so most of our artists and most of our theater companies are not actively making live in-person work. A number of them are certainly making work over Zoom or video or whatever the case may be. And so it's created this opportunity for our institution, which again is an umbrella organization for Jewish theater artists. Uh, and, and, you know, again, by that, I mean artists making Jewish theater. So we, we are about connecting people together, offering programs uh, so people can learn. And interestingly enough, we're in a sort of robust period of growth right now because we are an umbrella organization, you know, facilitating discussions and strategies and solutions. And so we recently had a sort of membership drive and increased our numbers considerably in the last few months. And, you know, I think it's for a number of reasons. So I think the pandemic is one, it's created this opportunity and we're able to kind of pivot and provide a lot of different benefits to our members. And then, you know, to the second portion of your question, I think the racial justice issues that are coming to the forefront of our country, the United States of America, are important in general, important in the theater, and important for Jewish people, because we are a, a cultural group that has been marginalized in, in many ways and has benefited in other ways in, in this country. And so I think we're at an intersection of a lot of these issues and, and you know, we, we really have to take them to the forefront. And so we have put together anti-racism training sessions and we're really making a point of being as inclusive 
and you know representing as many communities within the Jewish uh, field as possible. We recently had a Ethiopian Jewish man speak about his story of coming from Ethiopia to Israel, for instance. Uh, and and you know we're continuing to aim to represent Jewish theater as widely as as we can because and I'm sure we'll get into this you know historically I think especially in the theater there has been uh you know a focus on on certain groups within Jewish theater making uh, and not the totality of who we are as a people and I think the uniqueness one of the unique things about who we are as a people is that Jewish people come of course, from Eastern Europe, there are a lot of Ashkenazi Jews, which are people, uh, Jewish people from Eastern Europe, but there are a number of Sephardic Jews who are Jewish people from Morocco or Spain. Uh, as you mentioned, my family is from Iraq on my dad's side, which is called now called Mizrahi Jews. There's Jews from Ethiopia. There's Jews from China. There's Jews in Uganda. There's Jews in South America. You know, Jews are uh, come from all over the world. And so, of course, it's important that we understand the racial challenges specific groups face and, and find ways to counteract, interact, and, and you know, support our, our fellow uh, Jewish theater makers. Well, I think, you know, what you're, you're also addressing in a sense um, is the ways in which the arts, you know, in particular, can actually communicate about issues. They can teach about issues and they can open up people's minds mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. some of the things that are happening in ways in which... Uh, you know, other venues can't. And I think you explained really well about this, maybe the particular way in which, you know, theater in the context of, of Judaism, of being Jewish, has a, has a really powerful role to play. And, and the fact that we have the technology, as you're mentioning, that can promote the international connection, but certainly, you know, it is interesting to see how in some ways you've grown because people are hungry to try to understand what is mm -hmm, happening mm -hmm. in our world right now at a time when everyone wakes up in the morning and isn't sure how their world is going to be. So, yeah. I think, so, you know, in a way, Jewish theater has a long history in a, of playing that role. I think you're, you're continuing a, a, a beautiful long tradition that I, I would say very much comes from a time that you mentioned that you were uh, a director of the play D The Dybbuk. And maybe mm -hmm, want to mm -hmm. discuss a little bit about The Dybbuk, which is about a, a play, a Jewish play about 100 years old now, and you know how it symbolizes much of what you were talking about in terms of what The Dybbuk as a play was trying to say. What was it trying to communicate to, to the audience of a hundred years ago as a, as a lesson to us today. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, first I, I want to reflect on the things you said, like, I agree. I think the arts and theater in general are great places to 
show us our values and, you know, they can connect to both our hearts and our minds to see cultures on stage and people and relationships in dynamic ways. I, you know, so, some of my best lessons in life I've learned through the the theater and and you know i i remember seeing a play and calling my family immediately after to say we we don't have it that bad i love you guys we you know we we're we're a pretty solid family in in reflection of august osage county by tracy letts um, so which is which is a play about a dysfunctional family so to speak so yeah i think i think theater has to be a way to to uh, shift audience and, and the culture, uh, you know, whether it's a mirror to reflect life or a hammer to kind of shatter it, you know, I think it, it can be both and, and each project has to decide how it's gonna, um, you know, make its, make its message heard. Uh, and yeah, so Dybbuk, uh, I, Dybbuk is, is, as you said, a, a over a hundred year old play and it was written by uh, a gentleman named Onsky, uh, and he wrote it. It was, he was actually an ethnographer. So he was like trying to capture this cultural moment that Jewish people really know well, but, and, and you know, I think, I think probably a good amount of the world can like recognize through pictures or stories of shtetl life. So there was, you know, this, this long time period in often in Eastern Europe where Jewish communities lived prior to the turn of the century was, was when Anski was writing. So it was late 1800s. And, you know, as we know, in, by, by the 30s, this, this way of life was decimated through World War II and the Holocaust. And so when he was writing this play, it was coming right before the end of this entire way of living, which, which was the shtetl and, you know, was uh, often tight-knit communities of of Jewish people in, in different cities, kind of living on the outskirts of the main city uh, in, in their own communities. And he was trying to record the songs, the stories, the theater, the history of this kind of life that existed for a few hundred years in, in this area. And, you know, he wrote, he ended up writing a play based off of his encounterings with people as he traveled across Eastern Europe. And, and so this really special play came out of it called uh, A Dybbuk. And A Dybbuk is, the, the word Dybbuk is a, essentially when a ghost uh, a, a, a... Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Karen. Good to speak Hi. with you. So good to speak with you. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Commentaries from the Edge. Here's what's coming up. Jeremy Aluma, I am so 
excited to have you and honored that you're joining our podcast. Jeremy is the executive director of the Alliance for Jewish Theater. He comes from roots in Iraq and Eastern Europe and is a freelance theater director. And we're going to be discussing Jewish theater and identity and thinking about the fact that the last couple of years in the United States of America, in particular, we've had a lot of anti-Semitic actions and uh, pronouncements and some mm -hmm. violence. And this particular episode is dedicated to understanding what it means to be Jewish, what, what, this, what is being Jewish, and how that's reflected in Jewish theaters. So thank you so much again, Jeremy, for being with us. Thank you, Karen. I'm excited, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's um, start out by beginning to uh, have a sense of what the Alliance for Jewish Theater is. Great, yeah. So the Alliance for Jewish Theater is a international organization that is dedicated to preserving, uplifting, and connecting theater makers who are creating Jewish work around the world. And so we, we have a number of artists and companies in, in all different areas of work in the theater, playwrights, directors, artistic directors, dramaturgs, stage managers, so on and so forth, uh, a number of which are Jews themselves, but also we have uh, quite a few non-Jewish artists who are interested in, in Jewish work, Jewish values, Jewish culture, fighting anti-Semitism, so on and so forth. And the organization has about 600 people in our orbit and 120 of which are members and members essentially pay around $120 and then they receive uh, a number of, of member benefits. We do monthly webinars. We have anti-racism training sessions. We collect uh, people together in talking circles to kind of discuss strategies, ideas, solutions in the field, uh, and, and many other benefits to, to joining AJT. So that's a sort of quick summation of, of who we are and what we aim to do. And so what would you say for, you know, this strange and unique period that we're living through, our, our year of 2020, uh, mm -hmm, here with mm -hmm. the, you know, under the cloud of a pandemic, among many things, and of course, social justice issues, racism issues, economic hardship issues. What would you say, uh, how do you see, I guess, the role of AGT, where, where its position is in all of that? Yeah, uh, great question. I mean, it's a, it's an important position, I think, that we're in. It, we, I think, have to be one of the leaders of the cultural movements that, that need to happen. Uh, it's, it's tough, but you know, a necessary position. And so, and, and, you know, I think being a culturally specific institution that, uh, 
makes theater puts us in a in a very specific category because as you know identity in the world is becoming increasingly more important i think the theater world already was <clears throat> utilizing identity politics and uh, people identifying with identity racial identity gender identity especially uh, as as a way to move this world forward and so i think you know our position as jewish theater makers uh is is an important one um so you know i would say we are trying to respond to the pandemic specifically as best we can in 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 a way we are positioned ajt specifically is positioned to help our ben our members benefit even more now because theaters are no longer producing theater. And so most of our artists and most of our theater companies are not actively making live in-person work. A number of them are certainly making work over Zoom or video or whatever the case may be. And so it's created this opportunity for our institution which again is an umbrella organization for Jewish theater artists. Uh, and, and, you know, again, by that, I mean, artists making Jewish theater. So we, we are about connecting people together, offering programs uh, so people can learn. And interestingly enough, we're in a sort of robust period of growth right now because we are an umbrella organization, you know, facilitating discussions and strategies and solutions. And so we recently had a sort of membership drive and increased our numbers considerably in the last few months. And, you know, I think it's for a number of reasons. So I think the pandemic is one, it's created this opportunity and we're able to kind of pivot and provide a lot of different benefits to our members. And then, you know, to the second portion of your question, I think, the racial justice issues that are coming to the forefront of our country, the United States of America, are important in general, important in the theater, and important for Jewish people, because we are a, a cultural group that has been marginalized in, in many ways and has benefited in other ways in, in this country. And so I think we're at an intersection of a lot of these issues and, and, you know, we, we really have to take them to the forefront. And so we have put together anti-racism training sessions and we're really making a point of being as inclusive and, you know, representing as many communities within the Jewish, uh, field as possible. We recently had an Ethiopian Jewish man speak about his story of coming from Ethiopia to Israel, for instance. Uh, and, and, you know, we're continuing to aim to represent Jewish theater as widely as, as we can, because, and I'm sure we'll get into this, you know, historically, I think, especially in the theater, there has been uh, you know, a focus on on certain 
groups within Jewish theater making uh, and not the totality of who we are as a people. And I think the uniqueness, one of the unique things about who we are as a people is that Jewish people come, of course, from Eastern Europe. There are a lot of Ashkenazi Jews, which are people, uh, Jewish people from Eastern Europe, but there are a number of Sephardic Jews who are Jewish people from Morocco or Spain. Uh, as you mentioned, my family is from Iraq on my dad's side, which is called now called Mizrahi Jews. There's Jews from Ethiopia. There's Jews from China. There's Jews in Uganda. There's Jews in South America. You know, Jews are uh, come from all over the world. And so, of course, it's important that we understand the racial challenges specific groups face and and find ways to counteract, interact, and, and you know, support our, our fellow uh, Jewish theater makers. Well, I think, you know, what you're, you're also addressing in a sense um, is the ways in which the arts, you know, in particular, can actually communicate about issues. They can teach about issues and they can open up people's minds Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. some of the things that are happening in ways in which, uh, you know, other venues can't. And I think you explained really well about this, maybe the particular way in which, you know, theater in the context of, of Judaism, of being Jewish, has a, has a really powerful role to play. And, and the fact that we have the technology, as you're mentioning, that can promote the international connection, but certainly, you know, it is interesting to see how in some ways you've grown because people are hungry to try to understand what is mm -hmm, happening mm -hmm. in our world right now at a time when everyone wakes up in the morning and isn't sure how their world is going to be. So, yeah. I think, so, you know, in a way, Jewish theater has a long history in a, of playing that role. I think you're, you're continuing a, a, a beautiful long tradition that I, I would say very much comes from a time that you mentioned that you were uh, a director of the play The Dybbuk. And maybe mm -hmm, you want to mm -hmm. discuss a little bit about The Dybbuk, which is about a, a play, a Jewish play about a hundred years old now and you know how it symbolizes much of what you were talking about in terms of what the Dybbuk as a play was trying to say. What was it trying to communicate to, to the audience of a hundred years ago as a, as a lesson to us today? Yeah, thank you, yeah. So, I mean, first I, I wanna reflect on the things you said, like I agree, I think the arts and theater in general are great places to, show us our values and, you know, they can connect to both our hearts and our minds to see cultures on stage and people and relationships in dynamic ways. I, you know, so, some of my best lessons in life I've learned through the the theater and and you know I, I remember seeing a play and calling my family immediately after to say we we don't have it that bad. I love you guys. We you know we we're we're, we're a pretty solid family in in reflection of August Osage County by Tracy Letts. Um, 
So, which is, which is a play about a dysfunctional family, so to speak. So, yeah, I think, I think theater has to be a way to, to, uh, shift audience and, and the culture, uh, you know, whether it's a mirror to reflect life or a hammer to kind of shatter it, you know, I think it, it can be both and, and each project has to decide how it's gonna, um, you know, make its make its message heard, uh, and yeah. So Dybbuk, uh, I Dybbuk is is as you said a, a over a hundred year old play, and it was written by uh, a gentleman named Onsky, uh, and he wrote it. It was he was actually an ethnographer, so he was like trying to capture this cultural moment that. Jewish people really know well, but, and, and, you know, I think, I think probably a good amount of the world can like recognize through pictures or stories of shtetl life. So there was, you know, this, this long time period in often in Eastern Europe where Jewish communities lived prior to the turn of the century was was when Anski was writing so it was late 1800s and you know as we know in by by the 30s this this way of life was decimated through world war ii and the holocaust and so when he was writing this play it was coming right before the end of this entire way of living which which was the shtetl and you know was uh often tight-knit communities of of jewish people in in different cities kind of living on the outskirts of the main city uh in in their own communities and he was trying to record the songs the stories the theater the history of this kind of life that existed for a few hundred years in in this area and you know he wrote he ended up writing a play based off of his encounterings with people as he traveled across eastern europe and and so this really special play came out of it called uh, a dibic and a dibic is the the word dibic is a essentially when a ghost uh, a, a, a dead um, can you still hear me hi jeremy hi jeremy hi karen good to speak I, with you so good to speak with you well hello everyone and welcome to commentaries from the edge here's what's coming up jeremy aluma i am so Excited to have you and honored that you're joining our podcast. Jeremy is the executive director of the Alliance for Jewish Theater. He comes from roots in Iraq and Eastern Europe and is a freelance theater director. And we're going to be discussing Jewish theater and identity and thinking about the fact that the last couple of years in the United States of America, in particular, we've had a lot of anti-Semitic actions and uh, pronouncements 
and mm -hmm. some violence. And this particular episode is dedicated to understanding what it means to be Jewish, what, what, this, what is being Jewish, and how that's reflected in Jewish theaters. So thank you so much again, Jeremy, for being with us. Thank you, Karen. I'm excited and it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's um, start out by beginning to uh, have a sense of what the Alliance for Jewish Theater is. Great, yeah. So the Alliance for Jewish Theater is a international organization that is dedicated to preserving, uplifting, and connecting theater makers who are creating Jewish work around the world. And so we, we have a number of artists and companies in, in all different areas of work in the theater, playwrights, directors, artistic directors, dramaturgs, stage managers, so on and so forth, uh, a number of which are Jews themselves, but also we have uh, quite a few non-Jewish artists who are interested in, in Jewish work, Jewish values, Jewish culture, fighting anti-Semitism, so on and so forth. And the organization has about 600 people in our orbit and 120 of which are members and members essentially pay around $120 and then they receive uh, a number of, of member benefits. We do monthly webinars, we have anti-racism training sessions, we collect uh, people together in talking circles to kind of discuss strategies, ideas, solutions in the field, uh, and, and many other benefits to, to joining AJT. So that's a sort of quick summation of, of who we are and what we aim to do. And so what would you say for, you know, this strange and unique period that we're living through, our, our year of 2020, uh, mm -hmm, here with mm -hmm. the, you know, under the cloud of a pandemic, among many things, and of course, social justice issues, racism issues, economic hardship issues. What would you say, uh, how do you see, I guess, the role of AGT, where, where its position is in all of that? Yeah, uh, great question. I mean, it's a, it's an important position, I think, that we're in. It, we, I think, have to be one of the leaders of the cultural movements that, that need to happen. Uh, it's, it's tough, but, you know, a necessary position. And so, and, and, you know, I think being a culturally specific institution that uh, makes theater puts us in a in a very specific category because, as you know, identity in the world is becoming increasingly more important. I think the theater world already was <clears throat> utilizing identity politics and uh, people identifying with identity, racial identity, gender identity, especially. Uh, as as a way to move this world forward. And so I think, you know, our position as Jewish theater makers uh, is, is an important one. Um, 
So, you know, I would say we are trying to respond to the pandemic specifically as best we can in, in, in a way we are positioned AJT specifically is positioned to help our ben- our members benefit even more now because theaters are no longer producing theater. And so most of our artists and most of our theater companies are not actively making live in-person work. A number of them are certainly making work over Zoom or video or whatever the case may be. And so it's created this opportunity for our institution, which again is an umbrella organization for Jewish theater artists. Uh, and, and you know, again, by that, I mean artists making Jewish theater. So we, we are about connecting people together, offering programs uh, so people can learn. And interestingly enough, we're in a sort of robust period of growth right now because we are an umbrella organization, you know, facilitating discussions and strategies and solutions. And so we recently had a sort of membership drive and increased our numbers considerably in the last few months. And, you know, I think it's for a number of reasons. So I think the pandemic is one, it's created this opportunity and we're able to kind of pivot and provide a lot of different benefits to our members. And then, you know, to the second portion of your question, I think the racial justice issues that are coming to the forefront of our country, the United States of America, are important in general, important in the theater and important for Jewish people because we are a a cultural group that has been marginalized in in many ways and has benefited in other ways in, in this country. And so I think we're at an intersection of a lot of these issues and, and, you know, we, we really have to take them to the forefront. And so we have put together anti-racism training sessions and we're really making a point of being as inclusive and, you know, representing as many communities within the Jewish uh, field as possible. We recently had a Ethiopian Jewish man speak about his story of coming from Ethiopia to Israel, for instance. Uh, and, and, you know, we're continuing to aim to represent Jewish theater as widely as, as we can because, and I'm sure we'll get into this, you know, historically, I think, especially in the theater, there has been, uh, you know, a focus on, on certain groups within Jewish theater making uh, and not the totality of who we are as a people. And I think the uniqueness, one of the unique things about who we are as a people is that Jewish people come of course, from Eastern Europe, there are a lot of Ashkenazi Jews, which are people, uh, Jewish people from Eastern Europe, but there are a number of Sephardic Jews who are Jewish people from Morocco or Spain. Uh, as you mentioned, my family is from Iraq on my dad's side, which is 
called now called Mizrahi Jews. There's Jews from Ethiopia. There's Jews from China. There's Jews in Uganda. There's Jews in South America. You know, Jews are uh, come from all over the world, and so of course it's important that we understand the racial challenges specific groups face and and find ways to counteract interact and and you know support our our fellow uh jewish theater makers well i think you know what you're you're also addressing in a sense um is the ways in which the arts you know in particular can actually communicate about issues they can teach about issues and they can open up people's minds mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. some of the things that are happening in ways in which uh, you know other venues can't and I think you explained really well about this maybe the particular way in which you know theater in the context of, of Judaism of being Jewish, has a, has a really powerful role to play. And and the fact that we have the technology, as you're mentioning, that can promote the international connection, but certainly, you know, it is interesting to see how in some ways you've grown because people are hungry to try to understand what is mm-hmm, happening mm-hmm. in our world right now at a time when everyone wakes up in the morning and isn't sure how their world is going to be. So... Yeah. So, you know, in a way, Jewish theater has a long history in a, of playing that role. I think you're you're continuing a, a, a beautiful long tradition that I, w- I would say very much comes from a time that you mentioned that you were uh, a director of the play D- The Dybbuk. And maybe mm-hmm, you want to mm-hmm. discuss a little bit about The Dybbuk, which is about a, a play that a Jewish play about a hundred years old now and you know how it symbolizes much of what you were talking about in terms of what the Dybbuk as a play was trying to say what was it trying to communicate to to the audience of a hundred years ago as a as a lesson to us today yeah thank you yeah so I mean uh, first I want to reflect on the things you said like I agree I think the arts and theater in general are great places to show us our values and you know they can connect to both our hearts and our minds to see cultures on stage and people and relationships in dynamic ways i you know so, some of my best lessons in life i've learned through the the theater and and you know i i remember seeing a play and calling my family immediately after to say we we don't have it that bad <laughs> i love you guys we you know we, we we're we're a pretty solid family in in reflection of august osage county by tracy letts <laughs> so which is which is a play about a dysfunctional family so to speak so yeah i think i think theater has to be a way to to uh, shift audience and, and the culture, uh, you know, whether it's a mirror to reflect life or a hammer to kind of shatter it, you know, I think it, it can be both and, and each project has to decide how it's gonna, um, you know, make it, make its message heard. Uh, and, 
yeah, so Dybbuk, uh, I, Dybbuk is, is, as you said, a, a over a hundred year old play and it was written by uh, a gentleman named Onsky uh, and he wrote it. It was, he was actually an ethnographer. So he was like trying to capture this cultural moment that Jewish people really know well but and and you know i think i think probably a good amount of the world can like recognize through pictures or stories of shtetl life so there was you know this this long time period in often in eastern europe where jewish communities lived prior to the turn of the century was was when onsky was writing so it was late 1800s and you know, as we know, in by by the '30s, this this way of life was decimated through World War II and the Holocaust. And so, when he was writing this play, it was coming right before the end of this entire way of living, which which was the shtetl, and you know, was uh, often tight knit communities of of Jewish people in, in different cities, kind of living on the outskirts of the main city uh, in, in their own communities. And he was trying to record the songs, the stories, the theater, the history of this kind of life that existed for a few hundred years in, in this area. And, you know, he wrote, he ended up writing a play based off of his encounterings with people as he traveled across Eastern Europe. And, and so this really special play came out of it called uh, A Dybbuk. And A Dybbuk is, the, the word Dybbuk is a, essentially when a ghost uh, a, a, a dead, um, can you still hear me? Everything good? I think I lost you all. Let me see here. Karen, can you still hear me? 